0: And welcome back to another edition of Wrestling is Trash, a nonsensical podcast where we talk about professional wrestling past, present, and quite possibly the future. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going I'm to figure out how to do the, the proper sound effect on my motherfucking mixer one day. God damn it. But before we get started proper, like if you want to be a part of this show, if you want to follow this show on social media platforms, the way you do that is by following on Twitter at WrestlingBeTrash. And Instagram at wrestling is trash. And you can find all the previous episodes on wrestling is And um if you want to send if you want to voice your questions, if you want us to hear your, your your vowels and your syllables and whatnot when you're pronouncing words and whatnot or saying them incorrectly like I tend to do, you can use that voicemail line at 304-825-5762. That's 304-825-57. Six, two. And if you want to send some email Maybe you'd like to William Shakespeare some shit Sit in front of your laptop or your tablet Or your text on your phone And shit and you want to type some shit up Or whatever, make it look all prolific And whatnot. maybe put some Freaking, uh, you know, some signatures On there, real cool, like if I email You from my email account, I got like 30 signatures I got my links to my Instagram, my Twitter, but anyway I digress, you can send mail Via email to mail At wrestlingistrash.com So, I got all that shit out of the way. I like to do it at the front end because I forget it at my back end. I got two brand new guests to the Wrestling Is Trash Forum. And as tradition dictates on all 20-something of these episodes that I've been doing, uh, new guests must introduce themselves. And you have a 22nd New Japan count to do so. So uh, whoever want to go ahead and step up first and introduce yourself, go ahead and do so now.
1: All right. Well, it's your boy, Carl, from the uh, Codex Prime podcast. Uh, I've been a uh, former guest on the uh, Random Ramblings with Rob show before. And uh, I was a one-time uh, arch nemesis of Mr. B-Rob mm-hmm. after um, my Dallas Cowboys beat his New York New Orleans Saints. When it, it wasn't supposed to, exactly. and then I actually went to uh his lair, his uh, my, my uh, local Walmart, and did just a regular Walmart adventure, yeah. <laughs> and did my worst B Rob impression ever. It, it was, <laughs> but yeah,
0: it was good, it was good, it was okay. I'll let you slide with that one,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lifelong wrestling fan, been going to uh, the Wrestling I Imagine. My earliest uh, memory was like, for some reason, I don't know why they stand out, but I w- I remember seeing the Bushwhackers at like three years old. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It a, I don't know. What it was. There was a whole stack card. Like, I remember Hogan there, being there and a whole bunch of other stars, but for some reason, like, the Bushwhackers stand out.
0: <laughs> Word. And contestant number two, go ahead and introduce yourself and how'd you become a fan of professional wrestling?
2: What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Lopes. I am one third of the Urban World Order, a.k.a. UWO podcast. Um, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life since I was a little kid. Uh, Similar to Carl, my very first show that I actually remember was Saturday Night's Main Event. Where The night where Jake the Snake Roberts DDT'd Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's the first real wrestling memory I have. Because I, I used to always ask my dad, you know, when did I first go? And he always said it was the night the snake bit the dragon. And that's how I always remembered it as. So, yeah, I'm a lifelong fan, man. And Rob, thank you very much for having us on the show. And before we begin, I also want to say thank you for your services, man.
0: For show. Thank you for your support. Not a
1: problem. man. See- oh, it just made me look like an asshole for not taking him for his services.
0: Yeah. Ah, beat you to it, bitch. Call. <laughs> Call. <laughs> <Carl. laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I just learned how to respond to that after many years of practice. Uh, I used to always feel funny about that shit. Somebody would be like, oh, thank you for your service. And I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, thank you too. And you know that awkward shit or whatever but my, my my dad is a former service member as well and he's been doing this shit for a long time so he hit me to the game you know we would go out to eat whenever i go home to visit and he have his little vietnam hat on and everything and people come up to him, just like oh thank you for your service and stuff he'd be like thank you for your support and i was like oh i'm gonna use that i'm still in that hey no better swag than your dad's hell yeah I don't want too much of his swag. That that man has uh thirteen children, so <laughs> Yeah It's too much swag, too much sauce.
1: That, that, that is
0: he had That's all, a football team with two subs. Yeah, he had all the drip for sale, however the young kids say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but professional wrestling. I mean, where do we start, gentlemen? I mean, uh you, you talk about you was talking about uh, Jake the Snake and everything, whatever, and as soon as you was talking about the snake bit I thought you was going to talk about Macho Man getting bit up when he was tied up in the ropes and shit, because that's the first thing that came to my mind anytime I think of Jake the Snake. <laughs> yeah.
1: That I actually remember, and I remember hearing this story. I think it was in the uh, Jake the Snake DVD that came out years ago, mm-hmm. where like the snake actually wasn't supposed to bite him, and it did. And then that whole time, if you really look at it, Jake was actually trying to pull the snake off yeah, of Macho Man. Yeah, he was smacking him in the face oh. and
0: shit. <laughs> wasn't that the Cobra? He had the Cobra for a little while? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, cause um, they had like the little uh, wedding party and shit, and the Cobra was in one of the presents and (laughs) junk.
3: Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, I got freaked out as a kid. I thought that
2: was like I was like legit scared of that dude growing up. But come to find out, like as time went on, he ended up becoming one of my favorites. Like psychology wise, the guy was a master at it. And he
0: never yelled. He never screamed. He just talked, just like this, (laughs) nice and subtle. And his 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 interest music used to freak me out too. He was like, Trust me, trust me, trust, trust me. me. Yep. <laughs> do, 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 do. It sounded like I didn't like-, like
1: that one. I did not like that one. The original one, fire.
0: Yeah. Sounded like some was, Michael Myers uh, shit, uh, yeah. man. Just
2: like- yeah, when he when he went to that real, real dark place back when he was like trying to train Warrior and all this stuff, the guy just like as a kid just freaked me out. Anytime he was on television, I would always be scared of like guys like him and Papa Shango. Papa Shango freaked me out. Now that I'm older I'm a-okay with it. I thought it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I lost my shit when, freaking, when he made Ultimate Warrior throw up. I'm still trying to figure out how they did that to this day.
0: But yeah, all the shit where that, he was looking in the mirror and the fucking tar start coming down out of his hairline and shit or whatever. That I remember, yeah. yeah.
2: I think he did that twice. I think he did another time with uh, Gene Oakland, too. He was, like, mid-interview and when he actually came out wearing a jacket for some awkward reason, and all of a sudden that black tar just started pouring out of his head and dripping on his hands and freaking out and stuff. Back in those days, man, wrestling was actually, like, as a kid, I would feel, like, scared and have more of an emotional attachment to it. Yeah.
0: And then uh, we go t- on to talk about Papa Shango, who is a what a three-person personality. So we had uh, Papa Shango... Then we had his character, which was in uh, The Nation of Domination, and then we yep. had the freaking Godfather. But Kama I mean, Mustafa. Yeah, yeah, Kama Mustafa and then uh, the Godfather. I mean, I, I know he was in Right to Censor for a little bit, but he was I think he was as Kama Mustafa, or was he the Godfather? In, I think he was like, Goodfather. No, Goodfather, yeah. He yeah.
1: Good, good father.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And don't forget uh, Kama, uh, the, Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll remember
1: oh god the high top fade with the parts on the side and it's just... That's we end up learning that he could... oh yeah the parts
0: oh no he ran away let me mark the time on that 25 oh, yeah. yeah fine have personal emergencies and shit <laughs> be re- be be a I said fine have personal emergencies And shouldn't be a responsible adult you motherfucker <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh boy Sorry sorry
0: Yeah I got it marked yeah, No no, cool, no, no, one to ever know but us and True maybe, nah, The the wifey was coming home so I had to let her in And maybe the patron <laughs> See man you gotta you ain't, Y'all been together so long you ain't even give a house key yet What's up with that <laughs>
2: She loses them. I've never as much as I love her to death, I've never met a person who loses more things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh another another three-person personality where we I got uh, Cactus Jack freaking dude love Mankind <laughs> and then he would ultimately just wind up being itself. I'm saying three character personalities, but it's more like four or five. Four. <laughs> uh, and who, who else? I had. I, I, I had another one in my mind. We had, well, Farouk was another one. We had. He oh was him, God. He was he, the look, look. blue outfit that he Oh had God! He look, looking
2: like a Power Ranger. Uh uh-uh. uh Yes.
0: Well, I mean, it wasn't so much. It was. Well, it was kind of like it was Farouk with the fucking Max Moon esque type outfit. Just,
1: I, I think that was the Max Moon outfit.
0: Yeah, so we have Farouk in that character. Then we have Farouk from the Nation of Domination. Then we have Farouk as a, the acolyte. Then we just have Ron Simmons. <laughs> damn! Yeah. Just a, damn!
1: Love that. I want. I always wanted to get that shirt too.
0: Hey, the damn shirt. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, And honestly, too, Ron Simmons was a really damn good wrestler. Like, King of the Ring 97 was up here in Rhode Island. I was there for the only world title shot that he actually had against The Undertaker. I wish it would have gone a little bit different because maybe at that time, him starting off the nation with like guys like, uh, who was it, Crush and um, Sabio Vega at that time. I would have enjoyed to see what they would have done with the title run with him during that time period, just to give the nation a little bit more credibility. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why they might have kept the belt on Taker during that time, too. But it would, just would have been very interesting to see what WWE would have done with him as a world champion. Yeah. And I know it does kind of circle around based on the fact that Kofi right now is trying to be the first official black world heavyweight champion because, yeah, okay. yes, The Rock is half. doesn't yeah. count.
0: God, I was just about to bring that, and then I mean, even in that aspect or whatever, he doesn't go around telling that I'm black, I'm motherfucking Samoan, goddamn You see him wearing the goddamn, you you see his arm? That's Samoan yeah. tribal shit, <laughs> goddamn. He, I don't know. I mean, yeah. he, he, to he, me, he, I think the the Rock
1: is Barack black Obama. When it's convenient.
0: He he, yes. he Barack Obama. That's what he is. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, Barack embraced his blackness, but he but uh, the Rock, he's black when it's convenient. Like I'm sure we've all seen like most of the Rock's movies. Have you ever seen him have like a black love interest in any of his movies?
0: Not at all. I don't think so. No, not not that I can recall.
1: Either like white or Hispanic.
0: Then technically he's a black man. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I mean, yeah, that's 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 black. That's black.
1: black. Good point. Good point. He he black.
0: cause all this key is mixed in the movies too.
2: Yeah, that's true. I know and he does promote a lot of the Samoan stuff a lot. Like I just I seen like a tweet from him recently where he's talking about I guess the the cartoon movie he came out with. Um he's cool. saying that the main character was like like slightly based off his grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia. Mm-hmm. So he does represent a lot more of the Samoan heritage and like Rob like you said, the the tattoo that he got on his arm. I guess what he said was he actually went to the islands and yeah, got, got it done, done the old school way. Yeah. Mm Oh man, the pain, the pain. I mean, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's just literally just like tapping on it like chisel and ink, just tap, 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 tap.
0: Yep, I don't know. I, 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 looking at The Rock, I don't think he, I could think he can actually get shot in real life and wouldn't even feel that shit till like later on. You just be in in there eating some pancakes or something like you normally do, be like, what the fuck?
2: That guy looked like he got like two percent
0: body fat, and it's a two percent error. Man, but I mean, we was talking about this on the last episode um, with Anomaly and all those guys or whatever about it, having the first black uh, world WWE heavyweight champion or whatever, because I mean, Booker T was a world heavyweight champion and whatnot, right. so it would technically make him a five-time world champion, but... I mean, six-time world champion, but five of them was in WCW, so that's what they get the five shit from. And five is more catchy than saying six times, six times, spin yeah. you know, the Spinner Rooney. Because if you get down on one knee and do the Spinner Rooney, he can't do this shit. He can't put six fingers up and do because that, that, that would fuck up the whole thing. Yeah, it just wouldn't
1: even look right. And not to mention, there's memes with it, where they show him, like, he's holding up five fingers, and he said, oh, this is when you fight, when you realize that you can bust up without a bitch and stuff. <laughs>
0: I guarantee you, since him and his uh brother, I'm doing air quotes here, um, getting yeah. inducted into the Hall of Fame here for WrestleMania. Oh, that's his brother. For WrestleMania weekend and whatnot. Um, is there any point in the speech where he's gonna be like two time, two time, two time WWE Hall of Famer? <laughs> probably, yeah. He probably
1: would do it. He has to do it. it. He has to do it. My question is who's gonna be the one to induct him?
0: Uh I would No. She dead, so can't be her. <laughs> I was thinking Sherry too. Yeah. Sherry, yeah, Sherry dead. uh me no, me and Gene dead too. Uh shit.
2: Maybe Charmel? That's the only other person I can really think of. Uh,
0: maybe. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have his wife put him in, that could be a thing.
1: Man, please don't let it be Hogan. We'll have black
0: folks. Oh, that'll be funny as hey. fuck, dog. Booker T. I'm inducting you. No. <laughs> <laughs> it would come full um, circle. <laughs> or it could it be will, Colonel Parker. But it's
1: just that we'll have a yeah. Everybody be looking like them eyes will be just like they be listening. That train is never late.
2: Mm-mm-mm. Hey, I'll say this, but if they did come out and Hogan inducted them, they could have came out saying, "We finally found you, nigga," and yeah. it would have worked.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: man it's just the hilarity in that whole thing it's just, it, 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 I know it won't happen but it's fun to even think about it
2: hey sometimes with WWE stuff you have to entertain yourself because some of the things that we see
0: on Mondays are not as entertaining Yeah. yeah. so I mean in, in more discussion of a black WWE world champion um, what, what do you think the percentage is on Kofi taking it home
1: At this point he's gotta You gotta he, It's literally like in, um, Brian said this on his show last week It's Daniel Bryan all over again mm-hmm.
0: S- Similar yes Like
1: The mm-hmm. fans Want it that bad
0: mm-hmm. And then this is also Another uh, thing I want to ask you as well I, I've already asked other people about it On the last episode but Do you think This would have been Mustafa Ali If he hadn't got injured when he got injured
2: Yes, one hundred and ten percent. It was his story. Unfortunately, I asked, like I told my boy Kyle, uh, Kyle, the best ability in any sport is availability. If you're not available, unfortunately, somebody's got to come up and take your spot. And luckily for Kofi, he was ready. And he was a guy that, you know, has always been a great hand, who's always been a guy Vince can rely on. You know, put them in a you know, no offense to the new day, as much as I enjoy their stuff. Mm -hmm. To me, and in the back of my head, it's always been this. They're basically a minstrel show. Mm -mm. You know, they're a bunch of niggas coming out there chucking and jiving, chucking pancakes and all this other stuff. But when you strip that character away from them, you have three intelligent, very gifted young black African American athletes Mm -hmm. who can go in the ring there go in the ring and work with anybody who are all able to cut promos and can all get over it. and Kofi was just on deck ready and this is his time I think with Mustafa Ali, it wouldn't have probably got as over as it did. Yeah. It would have been a little bit of a different story. But I think with Kofi, it's working, especially based on the fact, like I said, he's been around for a while. He's relatable. People know who he is. So, yeah, they'll get behind the Kofi story a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And then um ultimately, just let's just say, you know, plans went as uh, <laughs> you know they were written down. You know, he never got hurt and they would have continued on. Um, There is no doubt in my mind that, you know, even if he got the WrestleMania opportunity for the um, World Heavyweight title, that he wouldn't have won. But at least with Kofi in this situation, I have some kind of like hope that he will win. Or, I mean, we can kind of point to it as like, hey, man, look at the arc. This has to happen. So, you know, but like if it was Mustafa Ali, I don't think I would feel the same way. Right. I honestly
1: still think Mustafa Ali should be in 205 Live. Like I always predicted, like last year when Sed took the, when said had the WrestleMania moment, that next year it should have been Mustafa Ali. Like he's been the heart of 205 Live since his inauguration. That like he should at least have a cruiserweight title run before being called up to the main roster.
0: Mm-hmm. And I agree with uh, that. Yeah, and it was just like sudden. You know, he was just there for like a you know one-off appearance, and then the motherfucker just stayed. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was just like a random like
2: I don't know if we want to say a call up, but it was just like a random call up to put him onto the show. I remember when the the tweet came out the day that he was coming up and he was fighting Brian. Everybody was hype. We're like, oh shit, this yeah. is actually going to be a pretty good match. And he just stuck around. He never left. And like I said, unfortunately for him, his biggest detriment, especially with all these new faces coming up to WWE, is. If you're not ready, whether it's like promo wise, ingring wise, or physically, it, you're going to be pushed back in the card. And especially for a guy, a new guy who's coming in and who's about to get this big push, it sucks that, you know, unfortunately the guy got injured. And I agree with Carl. I think he honestly should have been on 205 Live maybe for another year and have that WrestleMania moment of him actually winning the Cruiserweight title.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I, I kind of agree with that too, but it's like um, they need to put some more. Uh... Some more flavoring down there in the uh, the two hundred five ranks and whatnot. I mean, they had Leo, they added Leo Rush and a couple of others or whatnot. But a lot of those characters from two hundred five live are winding up on the main roster, like Mustafa Ali and freaking goddamn young boy Leo Rush, and um, you know Buddy Murphy is doing all right. You know, I, oh, I believe I disagree.
3: <laughs> that's why I said
0: you, you didn't hear the inflection when I said all right. You know, I put the pause on there. I didn't say he doing all right. He doing all right. You know, I'm. it's a question mark on the end of that. So, <laughs> and then you got Jack Gallagher from what I see coming back. And then, you know, you got more old faces uh-huh. in there. Um, Gulak has been popping up all over the goddamn place. So, I mean, 205 Live is just in disarray right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think 205 Live hasn't been stable since, I want to say, maybe... Ever? September. Well, no, I mean, they were hitting the stride a little bit after Mania, after that tournament that went on, and they brought a couple new faces up. And they were starting to get a little buzz again, but like you said, you know, pulling Leo Rush out of there, pulling um, uh, Mustafa Ali off the show altogether it kind of left a little bit of a void because the Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy matches were killing it whenever they were going down. Leo Rush was starting to get a buzz until, you know, he lost to Cedric finally. They have, like, a good group of guys. They just don't have it. Like, it's a nice deck, but it's not shuffled correctly. Like, that's the way I look at it as. And with Buddy Murphy, I've been championing Buddy Murphy for a while now. To me, this guy is top five in the world against any company I think the guy is super underrated. He's finally got a chance to shine on 205 Live. And I will say this, last year, you can put his pop in his hometown of Melbourne when he won the Cruiserweight title oh, against yeah. any other pop you've
0: seen in the entire year. Oh yeah, I mean I mean I, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking down on the dude. I like him, but you know, oh, yeah. it's just that it. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, Murphy's alive. I think that's awesome. Yeah, you he, he need, he need to work on, you know, a backup, because I've seen him struggle a couple of times, but he, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> it's visually appeasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as convoluted as the um, freaking bitter end that Pete Dunne does or whatever, but... I still... It
2: looks like it's such a hard move to pull off, and when he hits it, it looks beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's like, ah, pump handle, flipping mm-hmm. in there, turn you around, flatliner. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Ooh, I, I want to get y'all y'all opinions on this or whatever. Uh, every black guy's finishing move, whether it be independent or goddamn main roster or whatever, they all oh, got.
1: Say, say that one more time. Every you
0: kinda every, up every black guy's finishing move. What is it?
1: Every black guy's finishing move.
0: The flatliner, or some variation of it. <sighs> It's funny you say that because yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm starting to run through my head Shelton,
0: yeah. Shelton Benjamin, True Biggie, Bobby R-Truth. Lashley, goddamn, for a time, uh, motherfucking what's his name? It's just a whole bunch of black dudes that ha they all do the complete shot, the fucking flatliner or uh, some variation of the goddamn move. Why is that? Why why are black people adopting that move? It's easy to do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's what I could think because like I never even thought about it until you brought it up. No,
0: yeah. it's so it's so ingrained in my brain that black people do this move when I make my creator characters on two K I, I put my I put that in the skill set <laughs> somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean Big E got like a semi drop, but mm-hmm. Xavier Woods, I don't even know what his finisher was. was it like Eat Defeat
0: or something like that? Yeah, he was Does do-
1: he have a finisher?
0: Yeah, he was doing yeah. the Eat Defeat. Yeah. Which was popular, popular blah, 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 Was made famous by Gail Kim to me You know That was the first person yeah. I ever seen do it And I was just like I see a guy do it I was like ah you're doing a girl move <laughs> Yeah I know me
1: em does it now Enzo was doing it for a while But then again it's Enzo
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you talk about the trajectory Of 205 Live I think it all Started <laughs> and ended with Enzo <laughs> Cause he got there And it was pretty hot for a second And then that shit happened and it was like <laughs>
1: the Enzo thing. No, is I don't weird.
0: think it
1: picked up once Enzo left. Because then that's when they brought in Drake Maverick, and then that's when they had the tournament, and the matches were fire.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like um the deal now with WWE as a whole. I mean, it's like, hey, we're doing the same thing with the same people that we got now. Oh shit. AEW. Hey, y'all. Let's do something new. Let's do some new shit over here, real quick, because we got this shit over here that's going on. So we need to do this shit over here better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Notice uh, they're not 100%. like
1: kicking people out. They're not kicking people out for wearing AEW shirts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Not mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> that then, thing went viral, When people started like bugging out about it.
0: And then you know what I, I, I like about the AEW thing that's going on right now? It it just like it cuts out a lot of dead weight from WWE at the same time and it gives more people opportunities because we've seen a rash of motherfuckers just asking for their release and I, I believe that's the best decision they could ever made because they I don't know it's, it's a double edged thing or whatever because like you have this thing that you love to do that you get paid for but you don't get to do that thing that you love that you get paid for you know <laughs> I 100% understand
1: yeah, because they constantly sign people Just so they can have them Just so they can have their names And then it's like, okay, they don't have anything Creatively for them, so they just Kind of get lost in the shuffle
0: Yeah, they just signed Robbie E, they just signed DJ Z today Yeah, goddamn, so it's gonna be Mustafa Ali versus DJ Z in the battle Of the um, glowing vest and shit They're gonna have a glowing vest on the pole Match
2: They can keep the lights on like they did with Sin Cara.
0: Oh, yeah, they can just wear all their light-up gear and have a match with the lights out in the arena. <laughs> then Chris Jericho runs in. Oh, shit. We, we could have everybody <laughs> with their light-up shit. We can have everybody I, with their light-up shit. We can yeah. we can get old-school uh, Fergal Devitt with his rock-and-roller jacket. Just...
2: <laughs> the real rock-and-roller.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, man. No, I, I agree. I actually enjoy this AEW thing. I know, um, especially in our Wrestling Fantasy Warfare group, I get. I was getting credited as being like the quote-unquote hater, and I was like championing AEW for a while. And I do agree with you that it is an outlet for other wrestlers. Like to me, Impact screwed up the day they turned down the deal from Spike TV. The moment that deal did not go through, you could have had a a, a television network backing you with millions of dollars that would have paid for most salaries. Would have gave you more promotion, more airtime. And you know, wrestlers had a chance to go there. but as we see, impact took a different route, and unfortunately, Dixie's car, Dixie Carter screwed them. So with these boys, you got a guy in Cody Rhodes who has gone who's worked for WWE, has the inside view on WWE, has the knowledge of one of the greatest wrestling minds ever in his father, Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm and you know the guy like is smart enough to know what works what doesn't work he went out after he left wwe created a buzz for himself got with the right guys on the independence and you know they're showing up at house shows for like independent companies and they're keeping this buzz going and you got backing of a multi-billionaire who is gonna fund you guys who's gonna give you guys the money you need to go out and get whatever wrestlers you choose And it's going to give a lot of these young guys who are struggling on the independence a break. You know, if you create a buzz about yourself, you know, you never know you can end up on TV. Like uh, a guy like Sammy Guevara. Most people don't know who Sammy Guevara is. The guy's a YouTube star. The guy's over there in Mexico in AAA is I think their middleweight champion right now. And you know he's gonna start getting some buzz. You got that guy uh, Sony Kiss, the the yeah. I, I don't want to say a gay guy, but you know he comes off as a gay character. You got the transgender girl. You got um guys like MJF, Joey Janela, people that are like are getting a buzz that most people never get a chance to see, but are hearing about. And AEW is gonna be that platform to put those guys on national television, which is great as a. And I know Carl always laughs when I say this. As a wrestler, we as wrestling fans. We enjoy seeing new things out there. And to me, this AEW thing is going to be a huge uh, game changer in pro wrestling.
1: You know it is? Because AEW, well, first of all, this dates back to All In.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Kenny
1: Omega said it best when he said that with the success of All In, it just proved that fans, that we as wrestling fans, I'm channeling Brian, we need an alternative to WWE. Because since 2001, that's all we had. Like, we had impact. Well, TNA Impact didn't quite live up to the power. We have Ring of Honor, but like Ring of Honor is usually for the smart, you know, for the smarts But like now, we have something that may just make it mainstream. It can be like the next generation, uh, WCW. Hopefully, it'll be ran better. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's a fr- it's a fresh alternative, and they're signing the right talent. They're actually. Taking chances with some of their signees because we know we know good and how well Vince would have never signed somebody like Sonny Kiss, he would never have signed Nyla Rose
0: or Freddie went ahead and did it, yeah, or like people like Jungle Boy and all the other stuff, and <laughs> Jimmy J- Havoc, yeah. And then you know, I, I say this all the time on this show whatever when it comes to the topic of AEW, I mean. It it all really started with being the elite, the fucking YouTube yeah. show. Because anybody that's involved or has been involved is pretty much up under this AEW umbrella, for the most part, you know. And it's just like they took a YouTube series, of pretty much a, a wrestling road diary, and turned it into storylines that they would use on independent bookings and storylines they would use in New Japan. And then they kind of folded it in to make all in. And now they got a whole fucking company surrounded by being the elite YouTube series. Smart marketing.
2: Yeah. You got millions of people who have or billions of people who have access to YouTube. You have hundreds of thousands to millions of fans who like pro wrestling. You got people who follow the young bucks. You know, they came up with an idea, a concept and said, screw it. Let's make our own storylines. Let's have our own fun. Let's do things the way that we want to do it. And it worked. It worked to the point where they sold ten thousand seats in what, like, under thirty minutes, and then sold another twelve to fifteen thousand seats, or as Matt Jackson says on the show, twenty thousand seats in what, 13, 14 minutes. And be- pre- yeah, and in pre sales alone, they said there were forty thousand people sitting in the freaking the queue for these last set of tickets, and that was just pre sale. So these guys are smart. They're they're doing really good business. And fun fact. The first official being the elite. The first city they show, Providence, Rhode Island. Just throwing that out there, mm-hmm. really? Yes, sir. For sure.
1: Now um, I may need to look that up.
0: Go back in time. I'm telling you, it's there. So I mean, we we was talking about um, people asking for releases and whatnot. We we got um, word that uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows they rejected the a contract of uh, WWE tossed their way. So I mean, they may or may not be staying. AJ Styles just signed a new contract with uh, right. WWE. And of all people that you want to have on your motherfucking roster to sign a multi-year deal, Sin Cara just signed a multi-year deal <laughs> with WWE oh, as well. God. Yeah. Uh, so we still going to have Sin Cara? the
1: original Sin Cara when he first came out, but that buzz died real quick. He had some... Okay, the character, because it's been played by two different guys, had some type of hope with the Lucha Dragons. Kalisto done stole the show.
0: And then where the fuck is Kalisto now? <laughs> He's a Lucha House Party guy. That's walking around with a piñata.
1: I like them as wrestlers. Hate the gimmick.
0: Yeah. Same I'm, here. I mean, they did a the Hispanic New Day. Pretty much,
2: yeah. Uh, it's it's a, To me, it's a shame that Matalik, who was like in the finals of the Cruiserweight Classic, who was killing it, is like just another guy.
0: Shit. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember on Two or Five Live that they had a tournament for I think a title opportunity or something, and uh, was was what's the other guy in that group? Uh, the Lynx the motherfucker, uh, Lince Dorado, Lindsay Dorado, Lince, yeah, yeah, Lince Dorado and um Kalisto squared off against each other, and they had a damn good match. And I can just remember uh, uh Lindsay screaming at Kalisto, ha- holding him by the match. He's like, "I need this, man. I need this." <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: shit. like. WWE is afraid to take chances. Maybe it's because they have that. They're because they're simply because they're corporate. Mm-hmm. They always want to keep things. They always want to keep things safe.
2: Yeah, agreed. I I think with WWE, one of their biggest problems is the fact that, like you said, it's because they're corporate. I mean, you have from top to bottom one of the deepest rosters athletically you've ever seen in that company. Hands down, I, you can put that up against any era when it comes to athleticism and skill and ability in that ring. When yeah. it comes to like the promo things, like this is where uh, me and a lot of people, especially in our group, get into like little arguments about it. WWE isn't a wrestling company; mm-hmm. they're a marketing company. They're yeah. a t-shirt company. Vincent Man said it himself: "We're here it's to it. make movies." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're they're focused more on the storytelling than they are in the in ring. But yeah. most wrestling fans we're more excited about what happens in that ring. I always say from bell to bell is what I care about. Everything else is just filling time. You're killing time, you know, having Braun Strowman destroy a car or, you know what I'm saying, have him grab a piece of chocolate cake or have these girls going off on Twitter. Tell me what happens the moment that bell rings to the moment that bell rings at the very end of the match. Mm-hmm. Put on something good there. and But they're more focused on everything else. Like the people, even I think Bruce Prichard even said it on his show, WWE is a three-hour t-shirt commercial. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then people uh, bashing AEW talking about they are t-shirt company because they ain't got nothing going on right now, which is, which is fine. Let
2: them bash them because the moment I'm telling you right now as a fan, I think the moment those shows start airing and double or nothing goes off, people's jaws are going to drop, man. It's going to take some time. It's not going to be one of those yeah. overnight, you know, 4 million people, but in time people are going to be like, holy shit, these boys are real.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, it, oh my it, god! It, have you seen those um, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment guys? Yeah, I yeah.
2: saw them when they were still in Dragon Gate when they came and wrestled on one of the supercards for Ring of Honor. Those dudes are
0: amazing. Yeah, like, now I, I watched a couple of the episodes on YouTube because you can find all their shows on YouTube. They got mm-hmm. their own channel and everything. But w- what I can best describe that style of wrestling is like um, you ever see those uh, martial arts demos where the motherfuckers yep. be Shout damn. Yeah, where they be flipping over each Shall- other and kicking wood boards and all kind of shit and just had to you know, it's just, it that's what it reminds me of, man.
1: Yeah, it's literally you're like watching Shaolin Monks in a wrestling ring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the dude I remember um dude was surrounded by three people and he just did some damn Jason Statham transporter type shit on the ads. He's like he kicked the one motherfucker back, kicked the other motherfucker, spun around, hit the other motherfucker, bounced off the ropes, did a horror runner, and he's just like, uh what is this? Somebody choreographed the shit out of this, but it looked good as hell. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, people, I love that fact,
2: too. Like, I mean, like you just said, choreographed, right? Mm-hmm. People always say, oh, it looks super choreographed. Yeah, pro wrestling is choreographed. There are, you know, there's guys who can go in the ring and call it, but you're calling a choreographed spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it, you, damn right it's choreographed, but you know something? It looks really good. Mm-hmm. You make it look believable,
0: uh, Mr. Lopez. You you spoke about a couple of valid points earlier about uh promo work and everything, and I believe uh-huh. at this time it would be a good time for me to cash in and uh see some of your promo skills at work. Uh, for those of you who may be listening to the podcast right now, we have a thing called the promo in the bank. At any given time during the uh, proper recording, uh, we can cash in on each other with a predetermined topic. Of our choosing that another person That we choose Has the riff on for 60 seconds So this person doesn't have to necessarily, necessarily believe What he's saying He's just been tasked and obligated to do a 60 second promo On whatever it is I picked So Got my clock queued up You know what the topic is
2: Yes sir it is why Ring of Honor Would last longer than WWE and AEW Alright and your clock Starts now, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, my name is Brian Lopes. I am one third of the Urban World Order podcast, the best wrestling podcast on the internet right now, because my mediator Kyle Chapman says so. I am here today to explain to you why Ring of Honor wrestling will last a lot longer. Because trust and believe me, when you don't got corporate ties in your pockets, when you don't got somebody telling you what moves you can and can't do, when you don't have so many fans that are fickle about the things you portray on television, the racism towards black people as never being world champion, company started off by a bunch of indie guys who do flips and flops and all this other crap, death matches, you go back to what is pure. You go back to what is the best science in the world and that is the science of professional wrestling. Ring of Honor for years has given you stars such as Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Austin Aries, Tyler Black, Claudio Castagnoli, Chris Hero, time, Larry
0: Sweeney. Time. Oh,
2: I can I can go longer. I know, but it's too late.
0: <laughs> See, and that, that was a sticking point whenever we was we came up with the concept of the promo in the bank or whatnot. Because I believe when we first started, we had uh, I think it was either twenty or thirty second promos. And obviously, I mean you didn't get wind up wound up until like forty seconds in or something, and then you started hitting the wickets and whatnot. So that's kind of why we bumped it up to a minute.
2: Right. Wow. I could have been here for five. Give oh, me, I know Give me five minutes on Monday <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah But it's just like that was good Yeah Thank you Yes very, very well spoken Very articulate
2: Thank you I appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> But uh spe-
0: you, you went off on the tangent of ROH and everything Um I'm not a normal watcher Like I mean I catch what I can here and there or whatever But um Man what's up with that PCO dude or whatever the fuck his name is? Love him.
1: You know who that is, Rob?
2: Do you know who that is? Who, who that is? Tell me. It is Jean Paul, or oh, excuse me, Jean-Pierre Lafitte from WWE or excuse me, WWF was one half of the Mountie, uh, the oh, Quebecers, I damn. believe. Was it the Quebecers or one of the Mounties? And he's also who, the guy who, who stole Quebec? Bre- Hart Quebecers? Quebecers? Yeah, he's also the guy who stole Bret Hart's jacket yeah. and had a feud with him and wore the eye patch.
0: Oh, no, man. That's really him?
2: Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> I watched it. I watched a documentary on him a little while ago on YouTube. Um, Pretty much Vince wasn't a fan of him. He hated the lazy eye. He was a bigger guy who could move. And at that time, you know, Vince was going towards that whole new generation thing. But he wasn't a fan because he was too strong to be a shorter, like a smaller guy. And he was too big to wrestle with the quick shorter dudes. So they really had nothing for him. They ended up letting him go. The guy like retired for a couple of years and just found this resurgence doing like local indie shows in Canada, and started creating a buzz about himself. And the guy just came up with this weird Frankenstein character oh, that people shit. love.
0: I'm looking at the old pictures of this motherfucker right now. It's like I do remember that dude. <laughs> that was him. Oh fuck, man! This this damn what I've seen of this guy. First of all. Somebody was cutting a promo with him present, and they stapled um, a letter or a note to his tongue, which highly disturbed me. Secondly, (laughs) I seen him in the same match get dropped on his head from the apron to the ground. Uh, So that disturbed me a little bit as well. Uh, I believe, uh, oh, yep, there's the video right there. Motherfucker is getting uh, his nose ring pulled out of his nose with some pliers. Uh, Oh,
2: Oh, yeah, those oh. are his like his little training vignettes yeah. or in his
0: monster lab, oh or something. yeah, the nails oh, oh no, that's horrible.
1: And dude's like in his 50s, too, still going. yeah, that's what yeah I'm
0: he's I think he's fifty fifty one yeah i'm a, I'm gonna have to put some notes in that for the show thing p c o is a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and, and then, he um, is also
2: now one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. That he is. That
0: he is. Uh, who's the six man tag over there now?
2: I believe it's. I think. I think Bill and Enterprise has got almost all those belts now. I'm down.
1: I with think, yeah, I think somebody posted up. Um, posted up a picture of that in Wrestling Fantasy Warfare, which yeah. I urge all you guys to join too. I'm one of the uh, admins of the group.
0: Mm-hmm. Plugs, plugs. Pull yourself over. Yeah, plugs, <laughs> plugs. <laughs> Um, what's what's a, what's another dude? Um, Jordan Grace, uh, soon to be husband, the, the Grisham. Me? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Grisham. I hate him. You hate him? <laughs>
1: yeah. Tell me why. He's marrying Jordan Grace.
0: Oh, <laughs> man, I was about to, I was about to hit you with the, with the boy band. Tell me why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is like I feel kind of bad too because Jordan Grace is surprisingly like younger than I thought she was.
0: Yes um i seen her in 2014 on fort lindenwood army base in the middle school i mean not the middle school the elementary school gym and that was the first time i ever saw her she was like 18 wrestling wow. and i was just like that girl gonna be famous and then
1: I, yes, and then i didn't realize because i didn't i didn't see her until until all in last year mm-hmm. i'm like yo oh my god who was that i'm like oh jordan grace found her on instagram Started finding her, like, in every picture. And then, like, once she got signed to Impact, and she ended up getting a Wikipedia page. And once I found out how old she was, I'm like, yeah, this ain't good at all. What's wrong with me?
0: Yeah, I just, like, I had to see all the female uh, combatants that we talk about on the show. I follow them on the Instagram for, the, for Wrestling This Trash. And it's yeah. just, like, I go on there and I post stuff or whatever. And I see all these different women that I follow, and I'm just like, God damn it! And I can't open this shit next to my wife because I ain't trying to be disrespectful. i will be like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. gotta to go to my personal account." There, there we go. All right, yeah. Oh, nothing. It was just some wrestling stuff. Why she had a bikini on? Ah, it's, it's some old stuff. You know how they—they they don't even dress like that no more. You know,
2: be <laughs> like, babe, it's for work. They're they're working. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know how women do. You see all the? Mm-hmm. You, you watch Love and Hip Hop?
1: You know what I'm saying? Everybody's all Jack Diesel, and you're lusting after them. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so yeah, sensual m- music is cued. and oh, um, gentlemen, what 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 yes, we sir. got? Who who gonna go first? Who gonna bring the first female combatant for Waterfall Mania to the table for discussion? Oh, Mr. Bird, Birdman. All right,
1: I'll go first. Uh, this week, this week, I think I'm I'm gonna choose uh, who is actually a friend of mine from um, my days of training. India, New England area Miss Taylor Hendricks word I, I remember I actually met her through her in the for her through her boyfriend at the time and my friend uh, Leah Morrison when she was wrestling when she was doing <laughs> matches for top promoters promotions which is a local promotion up here that's been around for years actually fun fact Triple H actually used to wrestle for them word and, yeah, I've seen her with matches against Leah Morrison, um, and then later on. Oh, other, and then also, like, less with Natasha as well. But then I would later see her. I um, kind of lost t- touch with her when um, she got signed to Impact and various other major promotions. So I've seen her in matches with Sue Young mm-hmm. uh, in Ring of Honor against Mendy Leon. And um, she actually had some WWE experience as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Being on two separate occasions, she was uh, Adam Rose's rosebud. Yeah, yeah. And she she did have a failed um, try uh, tryout at the Performance Center back in 2015. But skilled in the ring, also like she's bad.
0: Yeah. Uh Oh. what, what what about you, Mr. Lopez? When when was uh, the first time you laid eyes on Miss Taylor Hendricks?
2: Oh, uh, I think it was down in uh, when she was down in Ring of Honor. I thought Taylor Hendricks was was pretty good in the ring and just pure beauty, man. And I know she was like a cancer survivor, if I'm correct. Um, that like drew me to her story. But uh, when it comes to just pure beauty, man, she's a beautiful girl. She actually follows us on uh, on um, Twitter and she's really cool. She seems like a really kind-hearted person. But, very. Man, yeah, very kind-hearted person. And, oh, stunning and beautiful, man. Stunning and beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Yeah. I ahead. actually trained with her, too, back, you know, when I was training with Bob Evans and whatnot. And, like, she, like, botched really bad. And I, I remember just, like, watching it, like, mouth dropped. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this girl dead. And she just, like, got right back up, took, like, a five-minute break, and she went, Back in again, I'm like, okay, this girl's the truth. Like, I don't know how far she's gonna go, but she she's gonna go far.
0: Yeah. That, to speak of that, um, whatnot in training, uh, you said you had a, a minor in professional wrestling and whatnot, as do I. But um, what I would like to ask you, uh, what what was your first bump like? I mean, h- how did that come across to you? You just like, it happened, and what what was going through your mind and your body at the time?
1: I, I suffered a concussion.
0: Sweet. Did you really?
1: i did i um i was actually taking the hip toss which is one of like my favorite moves to take and instead of you know how you're supposed to tuck your chin in when you take a bump yeah i just went straight back hit my head on the mat right on the mat and it was a hard surface too actually i ended up learning too while i was training that the mat the ring that i actually learned that i actually trained in was actually the original ECW ring word look at that and it hurt like a bitch. So it's like, what was crazy is like my back hurt at first, but then like I got up and I was just dizzy. So I'm like, all right, I got to take a breather. And yeah, I was literally seeing stars and I just, I don't know how I like drove home that night, but yeah, I had to take the next day off of work and the rest of the week off of wrestling because like I was, yeah, I was, it was hurting pretty bad. And I ended up catching a cold all at the same time. So I was like pretty messed up. And then, oh my God! And then when my family called me, and I got a concussion, like I heard, like oh, I caught so much hell for that.
0: <laughs> All right, but let's uh venture back over into Miss Hendrix, uh, frame or whatever. Now, me personally, I've only seen her uh, once. Um, I, I know of her. I've seen clips since then, but I've only seen her once, and she was a valet in Ring of Honor. I never actually seen her do any in-ring stuff um live. I never I missed the, all that stuff at Impact cuz it's been so long since I watched Impact. I damn um, I I watched, understandable. Yeah, I've seen ROH sporadically, so I mean, she wasn't doing nothing when um ever I tuned to ROH. So I've only known her as a valet and whatnot. So. Yeah, oh man, I
1: just had like a thought. I just had a thought and it just completely like just left me
0: Oh, uh, welcome to the club.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have mentioned that you have mentioned on your shows previously that that happens to you all the time, but damn, what, what was I going to say? I
0: don't know. I, I tell you what though. You are doing that that black person thing or whatever. I, I noticed it throughout the um the podcast cuz like I have random kids running around here so they always come to the door and peek in and I always look back. So I found myself yeah. whenever I look back Your ass was looking back too you. you gotta pay
1: attention to your surroundings it's, I was always
0: told that a, so what, are you looking, what, are you, what are you looking back there for? <laughs> <laughs> but um Yeah I mean that's Oh what, that's what I remember There you go um, you got it
1: Yep yeah. <laughs> but i remember she actually got into like there was like some controversy going on with her and jay there was like some type of beef going on with her and jay lethal oh, yeah. i don't know if you remember hearing about this brian
2: yeah supposedly i guess she didn't want to sleep with lethal at the time or whatever so that's why they supposedly let her out of her ringer bond contract i mean the story goes both it goes two different ways there's three sides to a story there's her side his side and the truth yeah
0: allegations
1: Hey, yeah, yeah, that's all I can really go based on it because I mean I, I I heard it on the rumor mill, mm-hmm. but that's how I just looked at it as as just a rumor.
0: Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean that's one of those um them top tier diseases right there. Them allegations, you don't want to catch none of them. <laughs> <laughs> you think?
2: Yeah. All that to R. Kelly. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that mean, oh my God, that interview has just brought nothing but gold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, the memes. Yeah. The memes I'm an old man to love all the women. I'm an old man to love all and the, the love, women. And to love
1: all yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, the one when he did the Baltimore club music with you're killing me out there. That oh my God.
2: You ever seen the one with that with him playing Uno and homegirl has the draw four in her hand?
1: She's like, you killing me with this, man. Yo, yeah, yeah, that that's the new Jordan, that's the new Jordan crying face meme.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much Pretty much, yeah But um, Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have On uh, Taylor Hendricks or whatever I mean, if it's okay with you, Mr. Burr Can we um, transition on to our next uh, candidate? Oh, go right on ahead Sir, Mr. Lopez, what you got?
2: Alright, well For me being a diehard wrestling fan I'm not going to go with a female That I think is an amazing wrestler uh, An amazing talent in the ring I'm just going on pure beauty And in a land full of blondes, I'm going with the brunette. Ladies and gentlemen, my pick is going to be Miss Dawn Marie. I am an ECW fan at heart. And when it comes to back in the late 90s with scantily clad women, there was nobody touching Miss Dawn Marie. She wore the shortest of skirts, the shortest of tops. She was always cold from what I can see. Yeah. she she just did it for me, man. And then her and the future Hall of Famer, quote-unquote Hall of Famer, Tori Wilson having that moment in that hotel room, boy. Woo, Jergen sold a lot of stock that day.
1: <laughs> just saying. Hey, which episode of SmackDown was this?
2: I don't know, but I'll Google it and tag you in it later. Please do. <laughs> and that son of a bitch Al Wilson married her. Son of a But no, overall, man, Tori Wilson.
1: Don't speak ill will of the dead. Sir. He
2: alive. He's he, still alive. Well, he dead to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Uh, Dawn Marie, I'm sorry. When it came to hot women and the majority of your list has already been taken for the people that I would have picked. I'll, I'll live Morgan. Shout out to her. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Miss Dawn Marie. Whew.
0: Yeah, um, I vaguely remember. I mean, I know she was a, a nice yuk- looking young lady at the time. She might still be looking. Nice to this day. I don't know. Haven't looked up. But, um, yeah, I don't remember too much other than her getting her ass whipped here and there. But, you know, that was about it for me. And I'm jealous of the person whooping that ass. <laughs> ah, I, she did
1: go to She did go top us on an episode of SmackDown, though.
2: She did. But we never got to see it. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> no, I think only the people in the arena got to see it.
2: Yes.
0: And then that was another thing, too. I mean, you talk about, um, uh, purposeful or accidental nudity man miss jackie was my thing dog i mean uh, every time she wrestled titty pop out.
2: oh what was it uh insurrection insurrection in the uk
3: yeah, when did, uh
0: stable yanked the, the shirt off her stuff. yeah now that was just like i that was almost like a janet jackson moment or whatever we don't know if that was intentional or um, no that it was intent-
1: it was actually intentional i was listening to the um bruce pritchett spoke about it and 'Cause they were in London and London has like different rules when it comes to like nudity on TV and pay per views and stuff. So remember that was the attitude era. So they just said, Hey, let's go for it. And Vince and Bruce Pritchett did his his Vince impression and he said, Do you know what we want? Chocolate titties. And he was actually okay with
2: it. <laughs> Chocolate cheddar. I will never forget renting that video from Hollywood Video. I seen it there one day. I was like, all right, cool. I'll watch it. Just watching it. You know, Sable and her have their little match, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I see her beating up the ref. She's on his shoulders. And then, wham, just like, damn, look at them titties. Like Dave Chappelle. That's what
0: I felt like. I was like, holy shit. I was not expecting to see that. Yeah, then it wasn't like. Rhode
1: Island's on Timmy
0: White, actually. Yep. Yeah. Then it wasn't like no damn, oh, snap. Cover up. It was like, oh no, what's going on? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, oh no, she was like she was flaring away.
1: We had so we had a couple of seconds, but as a 13-year-old boy, that was all you needed.
0: Yeah, that's all mm-hmm. you need is a couple seconds. A
1: pause button and that's all you needed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man. Yeah, I'm still tripping off. I'm still remembering them days we had to sit there and hit 79 over and over and over again on the black box. <laughs> Just see the little
1: Oh, squiggle porn. Yeah,
2: squiggle porn. <laughs> if they don't know
0: what that is, they're too young for you. Yeah, was like, oh, that was a nip.
1: Oh.
2: Like, I thought I saw a titty. Nope, that's not it.
0: Yeah, you just have. I, I remember they had it too. I don't know. It was at some point. I don't know if it's like a, a regional thing or whatever, but like I would. If you go to some of those scrambled channels back in the day, and it would be like. The last five or ten minutes that they would unscramble just when it would go into the credits or whatnot. And I'll just be like yep. I sit there and just like, oh no. Oh. <laughs> I used to catch a lot of <laughs> the tail ends of pay-per-views that way too.
1: Oh yeah, I remember I yeah, but the clip but the sound was perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sound was always perfect.
2: I, I would literally sit there. I remember those old uh, Carl being from this area, remember. Remember those old like brown boxes that like flipped over Straight and had like run. Yeah, they had the slant in the front. I would sit there and keep hitting recall, 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 and sit there and listen to pay-per-views just to hear what the endings were before I was able to get a black box. But you know what I mean? Like that—that's hey, that was the grind back then. These young kids what? nowadays have no clue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, Don Marie. Um, do you ever feel like that would ever be a candidate for the Hall of Fame? No. No. <laughs>
2: Not at all. I'm I'm still tripping off of the fact that Tori Wilson is going into the Hall of Fame and all she ever did was win a Golden Thong
1: Award. She did Playboy twice. Twice. This video has been sponsored.
2: Twice. <laughs> Two times. Two, yeah. But I'm sorry. To me, the Hall of Fame now is really star as much as I enjoy watching it, like I'm one of the few people who'll actually sit there and listen to the speeches and stuff when uh, it comes to when it comes to me the hall of fame has lost so much credibility like i know it's whoever vince likes and puts into the hall of fame but to me the hall of fame no matter what sport or entertainment blah 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 it's the elite of the elite you are the best of the best and you're the
3: best. And, around yeah
2: but to me i'm looking at it like this is the year where we know we have three women who most likely if unless something comes up are going to main event wrestlemania the first time in history you know which is a huge deal for women in wrestling and that year is the year we put tori wilson in the hall of fame when miss elizabeth's still not in the hall of fame um you got so many mickey james she's not in the hall of fame yet like you have so many major females who've contributed to you and you're putting a girl who was just hot into the Hall of Fame. Like, that's my only, like, real, like, my big issue right now with the Hall of Fame in WWE. Word.
0: Uh, I understand. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I feel you. I feel you, Playboy. I feel you. I, I, give, I pick up what you're putting down. But um, Ooh. I think we can close this chapter on Waterfall Mania and whatnot. I think we got a couple of things out there into the er uh, and whatnot. I mean, we added two uh, young ladies to the list and. Uh, you know, moderately young lady. I ain't gonna say she old, but uh, let's kind of riff off of that a little bit. You was talking about the Hall of Fame and whatnot. Um, I had something. I, I just pulled a bird just now. <laughs> I do got.
1: I do got one thing, B Rob. I'm cashing it.
0: You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, let me mark my times in this motherfucker. Yep. I got too many pop ups over here.
1: Okay, just let me know when you're ready.
0: All right, I got my clock set up and <sighs> all right.
1: Yep, you gotta tell me why Bad Street USA is the best wrestling <laughs> song ever.
0: And my time starts now. Um I don't even know how to tackle this right now because there's so many words in the English language. Um, in maybe even the Urban Dictionary, the Webster's Dictionary, maybe even the um, you know you go to foreign lands and foreign countries and you look up the uh, freaking linguistics and their dictionaries and their words to describe things, and none of them will ever accurately portray the greatness that is Bad Streets, the theme song and whatnot for the Free Birds. I mean, did you see the video? I mean, yes, if, if if you watch the video in, uh, you know, with the, with the music, I mean, that'll take you on a trip. I mean, it, it's way better than you know that that "Take on Me" video with the animation and the real life shit is is way it outdoes that by leaps and bounds, and it's just a piece, a cinematic history, and it should be nominated for a Grammy, an Oscar, all that shit. And my time's up. I had to riff on that real bad. <laughs> <laughs> You had it. Though. You had it. <laughs> see see, that's the thing with that, man. It's just like if you ain't really got nothing that comes to mind, you just gotta start pulling, baby. You gotta start reaching. You gotta stretch arm strong <laughs> that shit.
2: <laughs> Reach for the stars, brother.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, um Hall of Fame. Who? 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 Who 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 we putting in there next year? what's some predictions? I think Rick my
1: first Martell.
0: Did you say Rick Martell? I did. With arrogance?
1: Yes. <laughs> arrogance. Even you I'm know, forgetting he was part of the KM connection. Uh, he was actually he's a very accomplished wrestler.
2: Former AWA champion.
1: Exactly.
0: Is Tito Santana in there?
2: Yeah, 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 Tito's, think, in, Tito's oh, in there. Okay,
1: all right. He went in in
0: two, 2004. Okay, for
2: sure. I think I think my person for next year, and I think he's going to be the headliner, is probably Batista. Just based on the fact that he was offered it last year and refused to go in because he still wanted to get that one more match and finally put a closure on his career. Mm-hmm. So I think now, you know, with him and Triple H having that match in Mania that he really, really wants... Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, we know he wanted. Oh, he wanted it. Um, give him what he
1: wanted. Oh those memes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you like that Spice Girl one, right?
1: You see the Rick You see the Rick James one?
0: No, no, I haven't.
1: Oh my god! I gotta tag you in that one.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm, so I'm, I'm somewhere.
1: Uh, I'll send it to you. I'm gonna put that in my notes too. as well. They play, they play Rick James, give it to me. So <laughs> each time the song goes, "Give it to me," they show Batista.
0: Oh man, they could, you know I was thinking about it. And I was like, how they could incorporate it, but um, that freaking uh, that Jay Z song with uh Pharrell, Now give it to me, give it to me. That sweet.
1: <laughs> I I wish I knew how to use iMovie because I would have definitely done it. Oh
2: man, honestly, I still think the Spice Girls one kills it. They were they were like spot on with the edits. And at the very end, when he's like, I want to huh huh huh, when he was screaming at Rick Blair. <laughs> that that was perfect to me. I thought that was awesome. So but no no my pick my pick is Batista for next year. I think he either him or Taker, one of them's gotta be the headliner going in. Somebody big's gotta go in. Man, we talked about
1: <laughs> I would say Taker. We we talked to Taker fan who, yes, I know B, I know B Roth. He does need to go the fuck well, he's gone home. Yeah. And charging twenty five thousand dollars an hour for an appearance. Uh,
0: hey man, you get it how you live, baby. If you can if you can do it, do it. <laughs> Shoot, you heard how much he's getting for an autograph? It's like a buck fifty.
1: I will spend that money. Dude, I spent a hundred dollars for Rick Flair. I could spend a, I could spend an extra fifty
0: more. Dude, a I met Rick Flair for free in Walmart. <laughs>
2: I took an elevator with Hulk Hogan. Did
0: he say he was coming for you?
2: <laughs> I, if he would have, it would have been funny. And I'll say this: standing next to Hogan, I'm about 6'4". He is not six foot eight. I can tell you that right now, that man is not six foot eight because I was almost towering on him and we were like eye level.
0: I mean, but you know you know his his platelets and stuff done shrunk and everything. So you know he probably got the old man shriveled, his back probably curved down now, so he probably hunched yeah. over. Well
2: that was that was still WCW days. <laughs> I like, yeah.
0: But yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh we, we got into a discussion on another episode to where we were talking about um He could possibly have a match at this WrestleMania against Demon Finn Balor, and I don't like neither now one of them, and it's just like that would dog. I'm going to WrestleMania this year by the great by the. Grace of the wrestling gods and whatnot that you know I, I looked up into this trip, and that would be the last thing that I would want to motherfucking see my first time on the East Coast that up that high you know Jersey New York area and whatnot to see the motherfucking Undertaker and the goddamn fucking Blam Bam Finn Balor and shit I would oh lord lord my I would well
1: rumor has it that the demons coming to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, which and he should because it's been he been what on the main roster what three years and was only there for two of them active because he got injured.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yeah, and we've only really seen the demon on main roster twice. I think it was him and AJ, and then him and Rollins.
1: No Corbin. Corbin
2: was it Corbin? Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe like three times. We really haven't seen the demon that much. But do people even know what the demon is anymore? Or do they even care? Like the casual WWE fans. I, just, I mean, like they.
0: I mean, I just want like to see. Think so? I just want to see the entrance, just as much. Oh to, yeah. Just as bad as I want to see Aleister Black's WrestleMania entrance. I just like that. I believe that's gonna be some hot shit. The motherfucker rise up from out of the stage and shit. I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> they got to do some Undertaker type stuff with that guy. And they could. He could be the next big thing, you know. Since Bray, they done not drop the ball with Bray Wyatt.
1: Oh, he's coming back for redemption, allegedly, according to his Instagram, as he's taking pictures with JoJo, that motherfucker. That's but
0: um, motherfucker. <laughs> but um,
1: uh, I I also actually heard that Undertaker is supposed to, supposedly gonna show up to interrupt Elias
0: again. <laughs> That's fine.
1: Something like that I'll be cool with. it. I'm fine. I don't want to see him I don't want to see him in a match.
0: Yeah, please yeah. don't. Please don't. I would, no. you would no. hear me screaming into my motherfucking phone again like I did last year at motherfucking <laughs> uh down in New Orleans. I was just in that bitch like, go the fuck home. <laughs> what <With> you all <laughs> boy, man. Yeah. But um hey man, I, I think we should just go ahead and get into the main event. Uh, since we got all this this fire and vigor in our fucking bloodstream and whatnot. Uh we got the go to fuck home segment to close out the show. So, well, I mean, before
2: we go to fuck home, I think I'm going to cash in my money and uh, my promo
0: in the bank. I'm ah, Mr. Dear.
2: Bird here. Oh,
0: the bird is the word.
2: Bird ah. is the bird.
0: <laughs> All right. You got 60 seconds on the clock. You will be cutting a promo on why the smart marks are now the majority instead of the minority. Your time starts now.
1: Boom. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, it's Carl for one half of the Codex Prime podcast, and I am here to tell you why the smart marks are the major, the majority of wrestling fans today. These days, it's just simple. The internet has educated us more and more and more. On the wrestling business, the inside and outs, the, the dirt sheets and all that. And when it's gone when you got something as big as the internet and social media, it is creating more smart marks and as more smart and the population is just growing and growing and growing. It's gonna become a plague. A good plague, maybe, maybe so, maybe no, but it is growing. We are becoming the me- majority of Wrestling fans, everybody knows the insides of, of what's going on. Everybody is learning how, how to take bumps. Everybody who people who can't physically know how to take bumps n- know how to physically take bu- know how to um, take bumps. And I'm just rambling yeah, on. the
0: time and is and up. Time is up. <laughs>
1: but, okay. <laughs>
2: Good shit, sir.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I understand what you're saying. Is just like even the people who can't physically do the things, they know how the mechanics of it work. Thank you.
1: Know. you. Yes, yeah.
0: Because, yeah. like, I can remember before I had my actual in ring training, how I would look at a wrestling match versus how I look at it now with the little bit of knowledge that I've gained through the actual training of the thing. And it's just like, I enjoy it still, but I kind of enjoy it in different ways. It's just like, oh shit, he he did that punch very well. I was like, damn. Yeah,
1: exactly. How- you have a complete different perspective on how it.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, oh damn, that bump looked rough compared to, you know, something simple or whatever, you know?
2: Honestly, same thing here. I train, I train too. I'm assuming Carl never told you, but I did train for a while. I had a couple of matches, and you really look at it from a different aspect than most people who are just watching as quote-unquote casual fans. You look at, you know, the way someone's selling, the way someone's taking that move, the way they're running the ropes, the way they're cutting promos. You see it through a different light. And luckily for fans like us, we don't get jaded by it. We always are looking for, you know, what's the next hot thing, or what's something that we've seen a million times that we've never seen done before, and how do they do it? Like I always yeah. use the the phrase, "It's 2019. We know how the cake is made. We know how the magic trick is done. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a little bit harder to impress people like us who, you know, got the understanding of what's really going on and the workings. But at the same time, I enjoy it more when I'm when I see something done right compared to, you know, a brie mode match, let's say. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Ooh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, man, I remember for the longest time, the Canadian Destroyer and the fucking reverse Rana would blow my mind. But now it's just like that's in somebody's standard moveset now.
2: Everybody yeah. hits it. Yeah.
0: But anyway, that that was good. That was good. We all got the uh promo in the banks in and whatnot. I had an episode to where no one cashed in at all. <laughs> uh but uh we got it in there. But main event. Go the fuck home. Who's up to bat to air their grievances?
3: Ooh. Oh. Should I go first? Yeah, you go ahead. You
0: let him go first twice already.
2: <laughs> All right. I'm going I'm to go first on this one. This is a continuation from our last episode of the, of the UWO podcast. Miss Alicia Fox, to me, I'm sorry. It is time for you to go the fuck home. Seriously, this is a woman... And I'm sorry, I know B Rob, we were talking about this off air, how you know you might have a little issue with me and Alicia Fox, but this is a woman who has contributed nothing to the professional wrestling business. Hmm. A woman who is just there, a woman who, as we just discussed, isn't that good in the ring. she She's serviceable. She can get the job done. But in ring, she just looks sloppy. She looks like she doesn't know what she's doing. She looks like she's being carried. Mm -hmm. And then just recently, I mean, personal demons aside, everybody has their own personal issues. I get that. You know, that's on you. You handle that in your own time. But when you're a public figure working for a public company and you're fucking up the way she is and you show up to a job in which the other person you are working with, their life is in your hands and you're controlling their body and you show up to work drunk and then you cause one of the wrestling legends in Arn Anderson his job because he's covering up for you based on what's being told, you don't deserve a place in that business. I would be damned if I was a wrestler and the guy I'm working with shows up either drunk or coked up or high or any of that stuff I'm not trusting that person with my life let alone the ability to show up on a regular basis and be in a coherent state of mind to want to work with that person I'm sorry, a person like Alicia Fox to me who does nothing at all shouldn't, she, she should be counting her lucky stars that the girl still has a job working for WWE when we're looking out here in the, the rest of the wrestling world hell, you can look on NXT's roster you got Io Shirai, Kyrie Singh, Bianca Bell Lair, you have Lacey Evans just walking around waving at people, you know what I'm saying? You got all of these women who want a shot and an opportunity at a position that you're holding that you look like you don't even deserve. Outside of WWE, Jordan Grace, you got um, Taya Valkyrie, Britt Baker, um, well, Tessa Blanchard, you got all of these amazing females that are out there in this world that you guys can go after and hire at a, at some point and you're keeping this, you know, no, with all due respect, a lush on your fucking roster, And I'm sorry, if I was Ronda Rousey or a Charlotte or a Becky, Sasha, Bailey, any of those people, I would not want to be anywhere near this woman in the ring when I know you're showing up to work like that. I don't give a damn if it's a house show. I don't give a damn if you're on main event. That type of shit does not need to be anywhere near a professional wrestling ring. If you're not able to handle those responsibilities with the placement that you have, you do not belong there. So I'm sorry, Alicia Fox to me, you can go the fuck home.
0: Wow, wow. Uh, good. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um, the only thing that I was saying, alluding to earlier, when I was like, "Oh, I might have an issue with this." The only thing is, I have the a, a small spot in my heart for Alicia Fox because w- when I was in the military, you know, she was a part of that crew that came to visit us in Iraq. So I mean, that's oh. so that I was just like, "Oh, Alicia Fox, you are." Right. I, I give you a pass, you know. I mean, you, you're harmless or whatever, but you know. In light of the alcoholism things or whatnot, you shouldn't really be hanging around so much or whatever. You should just be, you know, trying to recoup, uh, figure out your next move. Hopefully, it's your best move and whatnot. And I do agree. I think out of all the divas on the active roster, I mean, her and Mickey James has the most tenure there. Correct?
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Natalia, I think too. Yeah, and
0: Natalia. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's about that time to go. I mean, i It's it's about that time to go. (laughs) I mean,
2: like, no, don't get me wrong. It's nothing personal. I wish the best for anybody who was a professional wrestler. At the same time, you're a liability now. You're coming off as a liability. And like I said, you also just cost one of the greats their job because he's covering up for your ass. Like, it's not like he was covering up for a guy like Seth or a Roman or a Dean or a Braun. No, he's covering up for Alicia Fox. Like, I'm sorry. If I was Arn, I mean, I understand he's respectful and all that stuff and he has no ill will towards WWE. I would be pissed personally. That would be something I keep to the grave, but man, I would be pissed and I would be holding a grudge against that. So yeah.
0: and it's, it's just like those uh things we was talking about as far as the jobs and stuff go. It's just like you get paid to do your dream job, but at the same time, you get paid you're getting paid not to do your dream job. You know, what I mean, is she's just like one of those people that's sitting there on the roster collecting the paycheck and they're not really doing anything with her. I mean, I'm pretty sure she run the house show circuit to give other people a rest, maybe. But I yeah. mean, I mean, the usefulness is pretty much come and gone by now. And
1: pretty I think it was a
0: house show that it happened too. Yeah. 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 So, uh, eh, it be what it be. Uh, we got that off the table. Now, Mr. Bird, co-co! W- what you got for uh, you go the fuck home?
1: Oh my god, Enzo Amori, aka Enzo, whatever you want to call him. How you doing, dude? Go the fuck home. Like you, I'm still, I'm still laughing at the whole situation where he invaded the Staples Center on, you know, for Survivor Series, just to plug in his shtick and then get kicked out. Banned from all WWE events, banned from the Staples Center, only to promote a concert that he did after after Raw the following night, and only but ten people showed up.
0: Yeah, I heard about that.
1: <laughs> and eight of them was the people who worked there. Damn. I researched the venue, and that venue has been around for like years and have had a history of of great performers and you want to put your stink on it you know what i mean you then you're also having a diss record to live morgan that sounds like a baby i miss you record called live 30 for 30 like I mean, you wasn't even subliminal about it and then oh my god the it the shoe interview that just recently came out now i've only saw bits and pieces of it but i mean my partner Victor Moyo said it best that like Enzo has the charisma of a genital warp. Yeah. <laughs> like he tried so hard. Like there was a fam- famous viral video that went out where Simon Gotch like buried him. Yeah. And it's like he tried to, you know, explain like the whole injury that he had when he crashed into the ropes. And he tried to say, oh, I never did it with Gotch, but I did it with English very well, but I did it with Gotch. I'm like, Gotch is just as professional as Aiden English. And you messed up on your own. So you came and take responsibilities for your own actions, And you're still trying to make yourself relevant when, like, completely the WWE has moved on from you. And you're an awful, you're an awful rapper. You only have one <laughs> line that's even memorable, and it was when he just yells out "consensual True penis. penis."
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's become a meme
0: in our group. Yes.
1: It. Oh uh, yeah.
0: I would. Oh, I would yeah, love to. Definitely cons- mean that. I would love Enzo, to serve some consensual penis after this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was so But Enzo, dude, just just go to fuck home.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, as, as far as the music aspect goes or whatever, well produced videos were pretty good. It's just him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just awful. Like his biggest claim to fame in the rap game was doing an RKO on Takashi Six Nine.
0: Who he did what now what?
1: Yeah, you go. Somebody <laughs> who's about to go to jail.
2: Oh. Okay. So is it is it safe to say that during my young rap career that lasted one album that I recorded myself, I actually outdrew Enzo Amore? Holy shit. I'll take that as a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ask, ask Kyle. He was there.
1: Shit. Oh, oh man. My, my, I got to hear these records.
0: My fictional record it probably outsold his shit.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It didn't even go plastic. <laughs> oh, man.
0: It didn't go cardboard. It didn't, it didn't go, go on paper. the shelves. <laughs> there you
1: go. Yeah, it, was that, it didn't even make his album. Didn't even make Spotify. You can only get the album on his website.
0: Oh, that's trying to keep all the money to himself. But he he ain't making no money. So I mean, it's a smart business plan unless you're actually doing business.
3: Yeah.
1: No, the only thing he's good for is having an empty table at a comic con.
0: Oh, so is he replacing the sad Virgil?
1: Yes. Yeah, I
0: didn't make that as me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I may make that as me. I believe. I believe I don't know. I- I'm saying this to be funny, but I-, I don't know how serious I am. If I had the opportunity to either have Enzo or Virgil on the show, I'd probably go with Virgil.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: More content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because I mean, real talk, if a motherfucker hey, you can either have Virgil. Or you can have Enzo Amore on your show to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Answer all those burning questions that you may have in the back of your mind. You can have any one of these, but you can only have one. The other one just gone into obscurity back to where they were. And I was like, fuck.
1: At least Virgil became a Catholic school teacher.
0: Word. Did he really? But,
1: uh, yeah. Enzo,
0: nah. Yeah. Okay.
1: He, he, Simon got said it right. He's definitely somebody who believes his own hype.
2: It is. He does. I will say check out the rest of that shoot interview. I actually was able to get a hold of it and watch it. It's not that bad. And he does open up about a lot of things like the whole him and big cast situation. I get that the whole him meeting him and Roger uh, Mojo Raleigh um how vince really looked at him what he thought about stephanie and triple H, like it does get into really good detail and he does pull out his book that's like this big of promos that the dude wrote so and i will say that he did write a lot of his own promos but yeah Enzo, i'm sorry i was in that, like i liked him for a while but he was like road dog 2.0 with way less talent yeah yeah
1: yeah and towards the end like his promos just seem to have gone on and on and on it's just like yeah it's like literally five minutes and he's still talking
2: oh he tells the story about the night he roasted the cruiserweights too where he had to go out there and he was like ripping them all to shreds i guess like the women went short four minutes And they asked, like, what do we do? What do we do? He's like, I have a live microphone. Just let me talk. And he roasted everybody. He said he had everything written down except for the one for TJP. But I guess when he hit the TJP one, he's like, yeah, the crowd likes this. I'm going with it. And he just kept going and going and going. Yeah.
0: Well, unfortunately, we can't keep going and going and going. We're going to have to go ahead and wind this down and wrap it up real quick. But before we go, gentlemen. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you both on social media, plug your respective podcasters, and whatnot, and uh, we can go ahead and ride out of here.
1: All right. Well, um, you can find me on the Codex Prime podcast. It's available everywhere on SoundCloud, iTunes, iTunes. Uh Google Play, Google Podcasts as well. You can find us on Instagram too uh, um, at Codex Prime Podcast. And you can find me at MrBird1027 as well on all social media platforms.
2: Alrighty. Uh, For me, I am, like I said, one third of the UWO Podcast. You can find us on most streaming sites, uh, including Anchor, which gave us a lot of hell. Um, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook page now, which we are trying to urge more people to go check out. It is UWO podcast on Facebook. Uh, as of now, we stream every Wednesday night live there. Time will be determined based on when my homies uh, Kyle Chapman and Eddie Ortiz show up. Uh, it's usually around 10 o'clock Eastern time, uh, but if it's a special occasion, we'll show up a little bit earlier. Uh, Twitter, uh, UWO401, Instagram, uh, same thing. And, yeah, just hit us up, man. We enjoy, and come join our chats. That's the best way we could put it, join our chats. Have fun. Word. Yeah,
1: and also the Codex Prime Podcast episodes are on YouTube live as well. We usually go around... Uh, we usually go on live at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on um, YouTube Live as well. All you got to do is just go on to YouTube and search Codex Prime Podcast and you can find us then and join the conversation as well.
0: Well, hell, I'm live too, uh, <laughs> pre-recorded on <laughs> randomrobcast.com. <Ram> <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all for chiming in and uh, getting this done finally. And, um. Yeah, we are gonna, gonna get on out of here. Remember you can follow Wrestling is Trash on Instagram at Wrestling Is Trash. You can also follow on Twitter at wrestling B Trash. You can find all these awesome episodes on wrestlingistrash.com. And if you go to randomrobcast.com forward slash merch, you can buy you some wrestling is trash themed merch. It's not trash, it's awesome. I got some. I bought it myself with my own monies and whatnot. So uh support the show, uh listen to the show, have fun with the show, uh waterfall all over the show. Um <laughs> And uh, on behalf of myself and uh Carl and Mr. Lopez, uh we bid you a fond adieu and we'll see you next time. Later.
3: Bang.